Can you be peace? Peace, brothers and sisters. Let's assume our series, God's Vessel. Today our topic is on Daniel chapter 6. The title is, The Man Who Entered and Emerged from the Lion's Den. Daniel chapter 3 talked about the fiery furnace. Chapter 6 talks about the lion's den. Those who entered the fiery furnace was Daniel's three friends. And the lion's den is Daniel himself. These two stories talk about people who are in trial. We do not know why Daniel was not there in the events of Daniel chapter 3. But in Daniel chapter 6, because of faith, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Daniel and his three friends were the same type of person. That they were faithful witnesses for the Lord. It doesn't matter what environment they're in. Whether in a fiery furnace or in a lion's den. They did not abandon their faith. In Paul's 2 Timothy 3.12 in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. This is Paul's reminder to us. If you want to live a godly life, and you want to witness for Christ, then you will definitely face persecution. The question is, are you ready? When difficulties come, will you be a deserter? In every country, if soldiers desert, they are court-martialed. Our elder Stanley Steele Stanley C uh, yes. told me an important, a funny story before, interesting story. Because he does a ministry to the, to the prisoners in Singapore. He said one day, he encountered a church elder in the Singaporean prison. He asked the elder, what crime did you commit? It turns out this elder was a deserter. In Singapore, all males must have mandatory uh, service in the military. But this man went to the United States to study. And after graduation, he still worked there. And after that, he started a family. And he became an elder of a church. After many years, he went home to Singapore. 
in the airport, he was immediately arrested. And now he's in a prison. Singapore is very strict. Even after decades, he was still arrested. But if you're a deserter in God's kingdom, will God arrest you? Our God is a righteous God. He will not let you go. May God help us. Let us not be deserters. Daniel didn't want to be one. So he was thrown into the den. But thank God, he came out peacefully. And his life became a glory, glorified God. In Daniel chapter 6, it has 28 verses. We can divide it into three divisions. The first division is Daniel enters the lion den. The second division is Daniel within the lion's den. And the last is Daniel emerging from the lion's den. Let's look at the first one. The first 15 verses. Entering the lion's den. These verses tell us why Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Let's look at the passage in 1 Peter 2.20. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. This is an important reminder from the Apostle Paul. Why do we suffer? Is it because of sin or because of your good deeds? If you suffer because of sin and be thrown into the den and or be crucified or go into prison, this is nothing wrong with this. Because this is for the consequences of your mistakes. But some Christians think that when they suffer a bit, they would say that they're suffering for the Lord. Perhaps it is just the consequences of their mistakes. You have to remember everyone is free to make their own decisions. But no one can escape the consequences of their choices. Jesus was crucified on the cross. And Paul said he was in prison for Christ. Then why was Daniel then thrown into the death? These 15 verses give us two reasons. One is because of his godliness. Because of godliness, he was thrown into the den. What does godliness mean? Does, do you read the Bible every day? 
uh, pray every day. If we use this as a standard for the measure of godliness, then the Pharisees would be the most godly. Because that's all they do. Read the Bible and pray. But Jesus openly rebuked the Pharisees. He said, God, this is not the way to godliness. How about Daniel's godliness? He manifested itself in two ways. The first was his inner life. Let's look at the first three verses. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule the kingdom. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule the entire kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. And the satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. King Darius appointed 120 satraps over the kingdom. On top of them were three administrators. Daniel was one. These verses tell us important things. That Daniel had an excellent spirit. So Daniel distinguished himself above the 120 satraps and the two other administrators. So King Darius wanted to promote him to be like a prime minister. If you look the entire book of Daniel, it says that it says that Daniel had an excellent spirit appearing seven times in the book of Daniel. Uh, seven would symbolize perfect. So everyone would agree that Daniel had a very good spirituality. Including his enemies. Isn't this a good thing? Yes. For us who are spiritual, this is a good thing. For others who are not spiritual, this is a bad thing. Why? Because Daniel's excellence revealed the shortcomings of other people. A group of men accustomed to lying will dislike an honest man. Those accustomed to cheating will hate a righteous man. And promiscuous men will be mad at a holy one. Because the light will reveal the darkness. 
and Daniel faced 100 satraps and two administrators. All of these people were politicians. But there's a difference from being a statesman and being a politician. Politicians think about the next election. But statesmen would think about the benefit of the next generation. There are many politicians, but very few statesmen today. I'm sorry to say this, but the Philippines have a lot of politicians, but very few statesmen. But so Christian, if you want to be part of politics, I'm not against it. But be a good politician, a statesman. Because we don't need any more corrupt politicians. We have a lot of those. Daniel was a statesman. And the other 122 were politicians. So we can say that Daniel was thrown into the den because of his godliness. Not only did he have inner godliness, but he also had external godliness. Let's look at chapter 6, verses 45. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could not find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Daniel's godliness was seen in his work. It says that he was trustworthy, blameless, and unscrupulous. Even his enemy said that. They could not find any reason to charge Daniel. Only in the law pertaining to his God. Do you know when other people treat you badly, it's quite it's because they're likely to see your problems. If people love you, it's hard for them to see your problems. Because love covers a multitude of sins. If you're loving, you're also very forgiving. But your enemies who hate you. They're very particular in seeing your mistakes. It was true for Daniel. When Jesus was still here, 
uh, the scribes, the priests, the Pharisees. They made every effort to find mistakes in Jesus. Like in John chapter 8. They got a woman who was caught in adultery to test Jesus. They also asked Jesus if it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. A lawyer also asked Jesus which commandment was the most important. All of them were trying to trap Jesus. But Jesus was similar to Daniel. Faithful and blameless in every way. No one could find any mistake. So so church godliness is not just about reading the Bible or praying. Or joining worship. Or sorry, joining journey groups. It's how we live and perform our lives at work, at home, at everywhere. Think about it. If a student has very poor grades, and his excuse is because he prays and reads the Bible a lot. Will people admire his faith? A person in business. Let's say his performance in the workplace is very poor. He fails at everything he touches. But every day he would uh, share the gospel. Will his colleagues and his bosses accept him? Isn't the result quite clear? May God help us. Daniel's godliness was not only inside, but also shown in his work. But because of that, he faced persecution. As what Paul said, if you are a godly person, you will suffer persecution. The second reason is Daniel was thrown into the den because of his firm adherence to the faith. Verse 5. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. These men knew something very clear. We cannot find any fault in Daniel. There's only one way. In his faith in God. So they thought a elaborate scheme. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, O your majesty, 
shall be thrown into the lion's den. What decree is this? On the surface, it looks like they were paying tribute to King Darius. But in reality, they were trying to get rid of Daniel. Think of a different example. Of course, this is not something that will happen. Let's say one day, all the elders and deacons, and co-workers and pastors, would say to me, uh, Pastor, in order to show our unity of the church, we will decide one thing. To show our support for you, in the next 30 days, the church will have to seek your approval in everything. Nothing will proceed without your approval. I might think to myself, oh, I am very important. Okay, this is fine with me. But I will say, let's say a church is controlled only by two or three people and no one else can make a decision. It would be hard for this church to grow. The bigger the church is, it means that we should have more people capable of making decisions. Only then will the church keep on growing. So co-workers, if you're an, whether you're an elder, a deacon, or a pastor, or a ministry head, please remember, if you're, in your handing your team, if you're the only person making the decisions, you need to change or repent. You should be able to delegate your authority and make others, allow others to make decisions. Let's say your subordinates make a decision without notifying you and you become very angry. You should also repent because you think you're the boss. Perhaps you have forgotten that you and I are both servants of God. Let's go back to Daniel. These 122 politicians were targeting Daniel because they know Daniel prays three times within a day. But King Darius was, was flattered and he accepted this edict. So he signed it. How will Daniel face this law? Let's look at verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel knows about this decree. He went home. Daniel 
It is said that his upstairs room's window was pointed towards Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees and he prayed three times within the day. Every day is the same. This tells us an important thing. Number one, is it That he is a man of prayer. And he was someone who's very familiar with the scriptures. Why did he open his window towards Jerusalem? Jerusalem Holy Temple. Because in Jerusalem there is a temple. He was it was because King Solomon's prayer when the temple was being dedicated. First King chapter 8, 47, 48. Let's look at First Kings. This was one of King Solomon's prayer when he was dedicating the temple. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors and say, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and we have acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart, soul, in the land of their enemies who took them captive and prayed to you toward the land you gave their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their plea. Then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. And this is the reason why Daniel was facing Jerusalem and prayed three times within a day. He was claiming God's promises as he prayed. And the Bible says that he prayed as he did before. This was his habit. But the problem arise. Daniel already knows that there's a decree by King Darius not to worship any god for the next 30 days. Wasn't he disobeying the king's authority? Couldn't he just stop praying for the next 30 days? Or just pray privately in his heart? So that no one would know that he was outwardly praying, but he would be inwardly praying. Why would he open the windows and have everybody see him pray? Would you think this is foolish? What do you think? You remember that chapter 3 and chapter 6 are parallel. 
Chapter 3 was a fiery furnace. Well, this chapter is about the lion's den. In chapter 3, the three friends defied the king and was thrown into the furnace. And chapter 6 was because of prayer he was thrown into the lion's den. In the three, the three friends defied the king's edict and was thrown into the furnace. And likewise, Daniel defied the edict and was thrown into the den. Why did Daniel and his three friends do this? There's one reason. They wanted to be a witness for God. This was no longer a problem of staying alive. This was a problem of testimony and of faith. Both the Babylon Empire and the Persian Empire were looking for one thing, which is whether Daniel or his friends would stand by their faith. Whether their God was real or not. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Of course, our lives are, are very precious. But God's testimony and His glory is far more important than our lives. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 16 Whoever wants to save their lives will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. God did not prevent Daniel's three friends from entering the furnace. He also did not stop Daniel from going into the den. But in the furnace and in the den, the flames would not burn and the lions would not eat. Because the mouth of a lion were closed by God. The three friends gave up their lives but gained their lives. And Daniel as well. So, church, there are situations wherein we should not only rely on our intelligence. Don't, don't be uh, too smart. Too sneaky, too cunning. We might think we're very sly and clever. But when it comes to facing the truth, we have to be fools in the, in the name of faith. Because there are too many clever and sly Christians in the world. Some people will say that you're crazy for Christ. And I know sometimes by doing these things, people will laugh at you. They will criticize you. But as Christians, we shouldn't be people pleasers. Uh, if you're a People pleaser, then perhaps you might not be a good Christian. Daniel was not this type of person. And he was thrown into the den. 
because he wanted to stand up for his faith. Wala tayong tayo na kaya sa bisan. The second thing, the second division. Nako do tayiri di sayo kung ano yung kan. That Daniel was within the lines. Na yung lakas sing kung ano si kong tayiri yiking di sayo kung ano yung mena la. The six verses already is when Daniel was already in the den. But before he thrown into the den, the king said to Daniel, "Let's look at verse 16." The king said to Daniel, "May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you." Then he threw Daniel into the den. And he closed the covering. And he sealed it with a signet ring. It means no one can save Daniel. But it said when the king returned to his palace, he fasted, he couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep. And he rose early in the morning to the lion's den. And he asked loudly, Verse 20. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? How did Daniel reply? My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. I don't know if you noticed, but Daniel chapter 6 has 28 verses. And this is the first time that Daniel spoke. This verse. He didn't say anything else. And he only spoke up after the ordeal. What did you notice? Daniel already knows about the scheme against him. But he was silent. And he already found out that the king was deceived. And already passed the decree. But Daniel was silent. And before Daniel was thrown to the den, he still was silent. What does this mean? I personally believe that Daniel was prepared to die for his faith. Similar to his three friends. Like his three friends, going to the furthest, they were already ready to die. I'm sure Daniel believed he would be rescued. He could be rescued by God. But even if not, that is okay. We both know that Daniel and his friends were willing to die for their faith. But thank God, none of them died. But we do know that three things happened within the den. 
The king was fasting and did not eat. The king cared deeply about Daniel. So let us not make decisions carelessly. And the king knew what he has done. So he fasted and did not eat. It also said that the lion did not eat. The lions uh, wanted to eat Daniel, but they could not. Because he said that the angels were the ones that shut their mouth. Third is Daniel communed with the angel of the Lord. Daniel and his three friends were the same. In the flames, there was the, a son of God within them. And in the then there was the angel of the Lord. What we call this? The spiritual experience. Spiritual experience. This is something that money could not buy. This is what Daniel and his three friends prioritize above everything else. The third division from verses 23 to 28. Daniel emerging from the dead. These six verses tell us. There are three results. What happened to Daniel, those who framed Daniel and to God. Those who framed Daniel. What happened to them? Let's look at verse 24. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed their bones. <laughs> Looks like these lions were very hungry. They ate them. It's people who try to plan evil against other people and it backfires against themselves. Our God is a righteous and a fair God. You shall reap what you sow. This is a powerful principle. So do not scheme harm against other people. Chinese people would say heaven sees all the deeds of man may God help us and protect us and not scheme against other people the result of God was his name was exalted let's look at verses 25 to 27 
Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and revere the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. If you look at the English translation, Daniel mentioned God nine times. The God of Daniel. He is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues. He saves. He performs signs and wonders. He rescues Daniel. King Darius mentioned God's name nine times. In the face of King Darius, the God of Daniel was lifted up. Daniel's life was able to glorify God. Daniel prospered. He prospered. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. We do not believe in the adherence of prosperity gospel. But we are not against the blessings of God. Apart from salvation, which is freely given to us, other blessings of God are conditional to Him. Because there are conditions for every blessing. Before the crown, there is a cross. A crown without a cross is a fake one. So, that's why Jesus said, Bear your cross daily and follow me. Because your cross will one day be exchanged for a crown. Daniel and his three friends went through this testing. And king, the king of Babylon promoted the three friends. And Daniel was tested in the lion's den. And Daniel prospered during the reign of King Cyrus and Darius. May God bless you. When our fate are tested like in the lion's den. I hope we persevere. In Hebrews 10, 
，只是伊人因为因信得得生，伊那退后，我的心内就无快意。But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. 上帝讲我无快意，伊人退后。God is not pleased when we shrink back. 所以咱需要坚持持守家己那个信仰。So God wants us to keep our faith. 就是上帝的器皿 ，to be His vessel， 好上帝所应。So that He could use us. 关上帝祝福你。May God bless you. 那你记得，特别讲感谢了，讲受伤单一的，伫这个赛庆的歌数，讲看到单一的赛朋友，个单一的都是上出来人，就是为上帝最坚贞的人。无论是伫某环境的中间，伫这个逼迫的里面，因为激发，因为。帮晒家己对上帝诶信仰，伊忠心持守伊所信诶，结果上帝伫但以你晒平一个但以你信就得到真大荣耀。今日你看到但以你伫这个南南地高速诶时阵，军事在看到，伊无为家己讲一句话，因为伊在呀上帝是伊见证，伊在呀上帝是伊力量，是伊盾牌，是伊帮阵，特别军感谢上帝。特别圣言讲，人来退后，伊人来退后，上帝袂看伊。我讲伫你某环境嘅中间，坚持军嘅信仰，为主继续做美好嘅见证。因就讲来感谢，感谢上帝，好军受伤，但伊哩受一讲真早宝贵嘅吃，好军对但伊哩嘅成就学习一个真早宝贵嘅功课。感谢上帝，听军嘅祈祷，奉告主耶稣基督嘅圣名，阿门，阿门。你这边礼拜呢？所以讲，但以理书第七到第八章，礼拜我别讲两章的圣经，所以需要好读看麦。另外第七章开始哦，唔是故事咯，是讲你叫做 vision， 点样嚟预想？所以好读看麦，即两章的圣经第七章第八章，我哋咪是上帝用嘅角度及世界暂时嘅监管。好读看麦，即两章圣经，礼拜呢？所以讲，即两章真早宝贵嘅圣经，关上帝祝福你，关上帝及你同在 ，God bless。